everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from uh, getting chilly Salt Lake City. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. <laughs> the podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on today's show, everyone, uh, there is a woman here in Utah who is uh, facing charges of, I think you mean a pervert, <laughs> of, of, of uh, indecency. Lewdness. Lewdness. Uh, because her stepkids saw her topless and she didn't run immediately in shame and start crying. She didn't scream, cover up and slap the kids for having wandered in or whatever. (laughs) And if she had done that, she'd probably be fine. She'd probably be fine. If she had (laughs) hit the kids for seeing her nipples, everything would be okay. But instead she didn't make a big, she didn't make a big deal out of it. Absolutely outrageous story. Uh, and so we thought that we would, uh, kind of dissect it, talk about some of the issues and whatnot in the second half of the show. So titties. Titties. Coming up on the second half of the show, it's some titties. <laughs> Something else that you might have noticed uh, coming in uh, on the show. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, half our shows up to this point, uh, at least for a while, have been ad-free. Uh, today's show was ad-free thanks to the fact that we just hit our third goal in our in our uh, campaign to become exclusively listener-supported. So that means that three-quarters of the shows are now ad-free we're going to get to our thanks and everything later, but just a preliminary we're, thanks. We're three quarters of the way to being completely listener supported. Listener supported. And, and that means that amazing. that means that the rest of you, though, you know, the last uh, wave of you who have uh-huh. who, who have been thinking about donating, but don't haven't quite done it yet. Yeah. If you decide to become a patron now, you could be the you could be the final nail in the advertising coffin on TGIA. Yeah. Uh, and then and and help us become entirely listener supported. Nobody will have to listen to ads ever again if we can just maintain it at the level that we're trying to get to. Yeah. So just uh so yeah, go to um go 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 to uh thankgodamatheist.com and you can and you can find the place to to do that. Yeah. And we just stop the show now and do it <laughs> and then come back to the show. We'll be right here when we get back. Just do that. All right, all right. Okay, go. Right, Dan. Okay, right. fine. Fine. Calm Tell down, us. Dan. Fine. It's very exciting, but calm down, Dan. <laughs> uh, well, I want to start with a follow-up story of sorts. Yeah. Uh, continuation of okay. the story that uh, I uh, brought to the show last week Ooh. about BYU-Idaho and their dropping uh, Medicaid yeah. as, a, as an acceptable insurance for their students. Because um, poor people don't deserve education. Yeah. Well, this week the story continued. Uh-huh. Uh huh. As these stories, I suppose, do. Um, I think one of the things that sort of um, what I what I think an important detail that we missed last week that I want to hit before I get to the how the story has continued is the fact that this um, this move by BYU Idaho actually coincides with Idaho's Medicaid expansion, mm. uh, which was passed by Idaho voters last year. Right. And it goes to in effect in January. Um, BYU-Idaho has actually issued a statement uh, that says that the reasoning <laughs> behind uh, dropping Medicaid as an acceptable insurance um, is because they did not want to overwhelm local medical facilities with Medicaid patients. Oh. 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 Because all of their students would have immediately dropped their other insurance 
and signed up on Medicaid. Yeah. Due to this expansion. Now this is this is a political move by some by some uber conservatives yeah. in the BYU Idaho administration. They're grumpy that this that the Medicaid expansion passed. They, they voted don't, against they it. They don't even know why they hate it. They just right. think that it's going to increase everybody's taxes and that's right. the worst thing that could happen. Right. And so they're And so they're punishing children. And <laughs> yeah. So that was interesting. Also, uh, a development that happened uh, at the uh, student newspaper, the BYU-Idaho student newspaper, which is called The Scroll. Oh. Um, the uh, members of the student newspaper have been told by the administration uh, that the newspaper's funding could be at risk if they cover this controversy. What? Um, this is according to a recording of a staff meeting that was obtained by um, an Idaho newspaper. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> so essentially. Oh, they are pissed <laughs> right now. So the, the Idaho media is now like, this is not any, that is not something you want to do to a student run newspaper. Because no. the entirety of your professional media is now going to hate you yeah. and is going to gleefully report on this, uh, yeah. you trying to stifle the students' First Amendment rights to report on stuff that's going on on their campus. Right, Important exactly. issues that the student body is actually facing. Right. Right. And, and so, um, let's see. And Idaho is very Mormon, but not as Mormon as Utah. So no. going no. up against the church is something that they will do happily. Right. Um, a, an unnamed scroll staffer uh, uh, said in this was quoted in this article as saying, basically the deal is there are people that would be very happy to cut scroll funding in the Kimball Administrative Building, and we and so we keep getting told not to poke the bear. <laughs> um, apparently, also staff at the university's radio station KB KBYI. Um, it's in a different department from scroll, from scroll. Yeah. Um, but they've also been told by the administration not to cover the controversy. Yeah. Um, and then this is a, the, so this has led the Idaho press club to issue a statement in support. it says, if a university is confident in its decisions, it shouldn't stifle coverage of them. The Idaho press club, you, uh, unequivocally stands by student reporters um, let's see. Student media exists not only to teach budding reporters, but also to inform the campus community. Um, let's see other good things. Uh, the Idaho Press Club encourages the administration to stay out of the way of student coverage. Um, fascinating. Yeah, I, this is this is this is what um, any powerful institution that owns any piece of media is going to do. Right. They are going to try to control the coverage. Right. Um, and this is why uh, the fourth estate, an independent press, press is so fucking important. These kids are, are getting quite the lesson, actually. Yeah. In in freedom of, of speech, freedom of the press. Right. Um, it's, well, uh, you know, it's so funny. I mean, money, is, money talks. Yeah, but but it's not supposed to in this case. And right. what's really fun is that what we've got here because I tend to think that BYU Provo, like mm -hmm. BYU BYU, not not the satellite uh, BYU Idaho, but right. BYU itself, 
Right. They'd be smarter about this. I think that they wouldn't I think that they wouldn't be as overt about it. They I think what's nice is that what we get what we have here is a, a satellite uh campus that is probably run by less savvy people. Well, here's the deal, and it was this was part of the article that we talked about last week, which actually I just said some things that kind of contradict this, but they said last week that this decision was made in Salt Lake City. Oh, right. At, at the church office building. Right. And so what it feels like to me is they tested the waters yeah. out where they thought that maybe it might be safe, right? Right. With In rural Idaho. In rural Idaho. Let's see how it goes up there. If we get backlash, then, of course, we won't do it at BYU. Right. And BYU, uh, Hawaii. Right. And I think there's another BYU. Isn't there a third satellite now? Um, Maybe not. I don't. I'm not don't aware think, of. One. I don't think there is. I think it's just those two. But nonetheless, they've got a bunch of uh, Amish dressed men on the moon who <laughs> attend BYUM. No, like um, I think that they that it was probably a much more insidious hmm. and thoughtful. Well, and process. again, uh, again, decisions being made waters. by people who aren't uh, who aren't professional administrators in. Uh, in higher education, they're, yeah. they're, you know what I mean? They're former businessmen who now run the business of a church. Right. And so they, uh, they may not be aware of the, <laughs> of the, uh, the wasp nest that they're swatting well, at. And I think that the Mormon church has always relied on a, um, a population of people, Mormons, mm. um, who would basically just do whatever they were told right if they were told that medicaid is bad right right and that you shouldn't be on it um and that's why we're not letting you use it here at the school um i think that the the in the past they were far more willing to just go along with they'd it. be inclined to just say okay yeah but they're so easy to 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 get in touch with their cousin or whomever down at BYU mm. be like what's going on down there have they done the same thing well why are they picking on us right right yeah it's, and realize that it's not the church it's an administrative thing yeah. although of course it's the church but yeah. so weird uh just because you did that story i'm i'm bumping up one of my stories to to oh. be to be right after it Ooh. i was going to do a different order oh, that's but fun uh i want it's happening live that's right <laughs> We can make decisions on the fly, people. <laughs> on the fly. Woo! Um, so, <laughs> this is uh, Boston College uh-huh. up there in Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, I didn't. I did. I didn't realize that Boston College was a Jesuit school. Did you realize that? Did you know that? No. Okay. So two of us didn't know. That's fine. It's a, it's a good school. Now the Jesuits, uh, as I'm sure you're aware, uh, you know, our the current Pope is a Jesuit. I didn't know that. Was that one of the things I was supposed to be aware of? No. Okay. Uh, I'm just saying. But the Jesuits themselves, like they're a, mon- a monastic uh, order that is very interested. That has always been very scholastically interested. And, yeah. And and actually, they they, they, were, they tend to be rigorous. Yeah. In their in their in their scholar. I, they uh, when I was a freshman in high school in California, I ran cross country, mm. and there were a number of Jesuit schools in our in our area. And the kids were required to do some kind of sport. Hmm. So, of course, the cro- their cross-country teams were huge. Right. Because not everybody wants to 
play the other sports. Right. And so that's the one where you, you don't have to run. run. You don't have to run fast. You just yeah. run. You just run, right? For a while. And so they would always have these ridiculous teams. Uh-huh. Good luck beating the Jesuits. <laughs> Running running faster and longer. But also, they're studying the whole time. They've got a book in hand the entire time they're running. <laughs> just so studious. They're just so studious. Here's the thing. Uh, there is, and there's, I don't know. I could be wrong about this. This is just an impression I've always had. But in the Jesuit tradition, there's a, the, like, for instance, the current Pope believes in climate change. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, that's, they, even if, they're more interested in, uh, in the truth and and a sense of integrity uh, than other r- religious people tend to be. Oh, okay, okay. I was, I was wondering how that sentence was going. I was not going to end it with than anything. You know what I mean? Right, right, like right. They're, they're still indoctrinated into yeah, their yeah, church yeah. and whatever. Yeah, but, of course. But, but they seem, they did tend to have a, a stronger bent toward integrity and, and intellectual honesty uh-huh. than a lot, of, a lot of religious folk. Huh. To the point where um, a, a group of campus uh, of students on campus are protesting vehemently for the uh, the political science uh, college not to accept a very large grant from the Koch Foundation. Oh, in- wow, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that I think that that is fascinating. Um, the the Koch brothers, well, brother now, one of them has died. The Koch. The Koch. <laughs> Um, I don't remember which one is still alive. David? Nope. David died. Charles is the one that's still alive. Oh, Charles Coke. Um, <sighs> both of them, uh, when when they were both alive, were estimated at almost $60 billion net, yeah, net worth. Stupid. Uh, and they've been, they are the driving for, uh, monetary driving force behind American pol- uh, conservative politics. Yeah. Um, they're cuckoo because they also are like huge donors to um, PBS. Yeah, well, they're they're very and, int- and like uh, Nova. Yeah, you there's always a Coke Foundation thing. Yeah. Like it's funny, right? They've right. It's not exactly what you would expect. Where all, all the places their money goes can sometimes be surprising. Right. But anyway, and you, you are would, correct. And they a lot of people... The, the, this move to the right. And a lot country. of people have have wondered, well, why can't they just give money to a, to a college? What would be the problem with that? Mm. But the problem is that even if they say there are no strings attached, there are always strings attached. Or, or if not strings, then what happens is once a college starts accepting money from an organization, especially if it's a sizable sum, and they start relying on that money, right. then... Then the organization can come in and say, well, we would like you to start considering this, this, and this in your hiring practice. Or that we would like you to start teaching this, this, and this. And it becomes this pressure that, may, that they may not cave to initially, but it works. Like, this is a thing that really happens. And, and it's been shown to happen at a couple of colleges. Um, documents... Uh, were released uh, last year uh, from George Mason University, which is the biggest university beneficiary of the of the Cokes. Huh. Um, that the Koch Foundation had input in the hiring and firing of professors in exchange for millions of dollars. What? So yeah, I mean, there it's a concerted effort. Uh, Florida State University, there was a scandal. Um, they accepted $1.5 million. It's uh, unacceptable. funded two new faculty positions, teaching uh, 
political economy and free enterprise, which ends up being, uh, which they end up overseeing who gets hired for these positions. And then they, you know, they've, they've got their own people sort of plants put into the, the, the education system. Yeah. Um, similar things at Arizona state, Utah state university. Um, it's just one of those things where, uh, it, they are, this is a concerted effort and, and, and a very specific effort to get a political agenda to be, uh, to be uh, served on college campuses across the country. So well, an interesting right. thing and really interesting that a religious university, a university with a religious affiliation, right. Boston College, is using the students are using their Jesuit uh, values, they say, right, to say no, we don't want this. Interesting. We we don't want climate change denial. We don't want and and they're you know they're basically saying this is just they're asking us to just deny reality, and we won't do it. Well, good on them. Climate change Following. is big for the Koch brothers because they the Kochs get all their got all their money off of oil. So, oh my God! They 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 want to. They have a vested interest in people not believing that human caused climate change is real. And they, but they, but they know. Oh, they know. They know. That's the worst, Dan. <laughs> That's what makes them evil. <laughs> All right, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Barna. Barna. The, the, the Bar- Barna Group. The Barna Group. Barna. That's you're, how I would say it. You're saying it the way Trump says China. <laughs> China. Barna. Here's a report from the Barna. Okay. Group. That, that, um, that is a, a, a religiously affiliated polling group. Yes. Uh, and considered anal- to be sort of on the right of the political spectrum. Right. Yes. But, the, but still largely, uh, they're, they're, they're not like tainted. Yeah. They still uh, the, do Their reports work. don't sort of um, seem to foam at the mouth. Yeah. Um, they're not, you know what I mean? Like... They're, they're not. Uh, they're not trying to to skew the results one way or yeah. Another. I actually find uh, some of the things that they that they are looking at to be quite fascinating, and I don't find I don't I don't see their results of the, the results of their studies to be necessarily problematic. Right. Um, by and large, the ones that I've paid attention to. But anyway, um, very interesting look at America. Um, Americans' uh, perception of evangelicals. Mm. Um, how do U.S. adults view the evangelical community as a whole? Um, and so this is this is really kind of fascinating. Um, basically, about I think it was like thirty percent, or only thirty percent of Americans have favorable views. Of evangelicals. Well, there you go. Now, now there is like neutral views, right? In in here, which is actually the largest group. Sure, is uh, is is just people who are just sort of neutral about them. A quarter of the population actually finds or has very negative views about evangelicals. But let's break down some of these numbers because they're really kind of interesting. Yeah. Um. So it will not be surprising that. Amongst all U.S. adults, so they, they kind of this is nice. They've they've broken the numbers down between all U.S. adults, non-Christians, practicing Christians, and evangelicals. Okay, right? They're presenting us with all of those numbers, 
And so let's see. I should not um, surprise anyone that uh, evangelicals sort of view themselves very highly. <laughs> right. Um, they, 16, they are God's chosen people. Right. 61 <coughs> Excuse me. Sixty-one percent of evangelicals feel that other that the evangelical community is caring. Fifty-seven mm. percent of the of evangelicals feel that they're hopeful. Fifty-seven, mm. um, another fifty-seven percent friendly. Fifty-two percent generous. Wait, um, they're not breaking sixty percent on any of these. Yeah, isn't that funny? Uh, well, of their own group. Yeah. It's wow. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, I know. These numbers are horrendous for them. Um, they, But they don't use negative descriptions. Uh, 5% describe themselves as narrow-minded. Oh, okay. 2% uptight. Mm. 1% homophobic. 1% misogynistic. Sure. Um, oh, come on. Just admit the homophobic. Like, <laughs> I just don't like that word. I mean, I hate queers, but I don't like the word homophobic. I'm not afraid of them. <laughs> I'll beat them up. I don't care. Uh, let's see. Um, typically, let's see. Adults, U.S. This amongst U.S. all U.S. adults. Um, these are some of the the common descriptors. Uh, the favorable, the sort of the, amongst the favorable uh-huh. perceptions. Twenty three percent for caring. Twenty two percent for friendly. Twenty two percent for hopeful. Yeah. Twenty percent for encouraging. Uh, 21% say narrow-minded, 17% homophobic. Wait, who are these? Who's saying this? This is amongst all the population. And only 20% say they're narrow-minded? Well, yeah. I mean, it also includes evangelicals. This is everyone. Oh, this is, this is everyone's this is view on everybody? Else. This is everybody's view on evangelicals, including the evangelical numbers mixed in. Yeah, I just think that everybody knows that they're narrow-minded. Well, I think that amongst us, yes, the 25% who view them, you know, (laughs) negatively. Now, this is the fascinating thing is it was something like 45% of all respondents had very neutral feelings about evangelicals. Sure. Right. And so, I mean, when you add up all these numbers, um, now Barna does claim that evangelicals only make up 6% of the U.S. population. Wow. Whereas, and, and they, they acknowledge this in, in the opening. They, they say uh, whether evangelicals only make up just 6% of the U.S. population, as Barna's legacy tracking of the group suggests, or whether they comprise a larger share of the public as other polls which use different measures indicate. Um, they're, uh, yeah. That's shocking to me. That number seems so desperately low, but they could right. just be, I mean, I totally acknowledge that that could seem that low just because they squawk so fucking loud. Yeah. And they and we hear about them all the goddamn time and politicians kowtow to them like they're the most important people in the world. Right. That's insane, though. Right. Barna's saying it's a very, it's actually quite a small number. Now, 6% is low. Now, I think you get That's lower than atheists. Like, right. Uh, like out and out atheists, not just nuns, but I, atheists. Right. But I think that a lot of us paint all conservative Christians mm. as evangelical. As evangelical. That, that, we, that we might be misusing that word. Right? That's fair. Because I would almost, in a way, I mean, Barnum might have some interest in suppressing that number. I don't know what it would be, but 
Um, I would almost trust somebody on that side to give me a better definition of who's yeah. what, yeah. right? Because they've they've spent the time and they care to pay attention to actually how these things would break down. Right. Whereas I don't really give a fuck. I know that there's just too many of them. Right, yeah. Uh, whether it's 6% or 25%, it's either number's too big. Right. But anyway, um, some of these, um, you'll be surprised uh, that like no evangelicals call themselves foolish. Oh. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> the the amongst uh the all US adults um let's see or maybe that's the non Christian number uh, about ten percent do. Mm. Uh actually no, it's more like thirteen percent ish, it looks like. It's on a very narrow graph. Um of course racist comes up. Um there's a strong per- perception that they're racist. Um evangelicals though, about twenty percent report feelings of, of being misunderstood. Yeah. Which is always kind of an interesting one. By their damn selves. But what Barna, the question that Barna is really asking is, what does this mean for, because because some of the other findings have to do with how they're politically connected, right? Mm. And so, for example, um, that, that we paint them all as being politically conservative and politically active and that that's sort of their brand yeah right and and because of that because they they've they've created this brand of like conservative religious political activism um that essentially this is a risky place for a religious organization to be and that's what barn is saying it's actually Mm. they're actually sort of trying to create this like they're trying to call out to the evangelical and be like, you might want to slow slow down a little bit, pump the brakes, yeah, because you're at, you're hurting your brand. The rest of the country is seeing you in a way that you don't, as a religious organization, probably don't want to be perceived. You don't want to be be perceived as more of a political movement than a religious movement, right? And I wholeheartedly see them as a political movement. Oh yeah. Like there's, well, that's because like, that's because believe, all of their leaders have tied them so deeply into yeah. the politics of our country that right. they're indistinguishable. But what they be, like when they say that they believe that they're, you know, like the the end of this article talks about their actual like definition of what is an evangelical, right? And I'm just like, I'm like, yeah, fuck them. No, that's not. Yeah, like, these are these are politically interested, you know. Political and, and, and craven people, and yeah. but but the fact of the matter is that's not the population, right? The population they might they they hear the religious or I'm sorry the political speak over the pulpit, right? Yeah, and they don't object to it, so they're obviously they're com- they're a little complicit, yeah, right? Um, well, and they're being the whole thing. They're being told there's a constant drumbeat of get out and vote, and here's how you vote, right? It's a constant like boom boom. Boom! They hit. They hit it so hard, right? That it's hard. You know, it's hard to see them as anything else, right? But that's not how they see themselves. Well, right. And that's not. And that's not what they think is the most important thing about who they are. I had to even look up. I just looked up what counts as evangelical, yeah, just because I wanted to. And it, uh, the main movements of of the modern evangelical church currently are Baptist, Pentecostal, Charismatic. Neo charismatic, and then non non-denomin- non-denominational evangelicalism, 
That, Acor- according to Wikipedia, that group has to be more than just six percent of the country. Yeah, Wikipedia has them at twenty-five, at, at about a quarter. Yeah, of the country. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know exactly how Barna, what their legacy. Yeah, what are they up to? Those uh, figures something, are. Something's getting squirrely over there. They're they're defining it much more narrowly. Yeah. Well, they have Barna's narrow-minded. The That's who's narrow-minded. So here's here's how. Barna works though. They actually don't ask you to say whether you event you're evangelical or not. When okay. You're identifying. They ask you to this is my understanding of this whole thing. That they are they ask you if you agree with a certain set of things. Oh, okay. Right? Are these your beliefs? Huh. Right. And then if you answer correct like correctly, mm-hmm. then you're an evangelical. Okay. Well, I don't know that that's a good way of doing that. <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm going to take us to the deep south, where in Mobile, Alabama, uh, a a campus magazine, uh, the magazine Do South, was going to put out a a uh, special edition of their okay. magazine. Oh, okay. Uh, and their printer denied it. The printer said, "No, thank you." Printer says no. <laughs> Printer says no. <laughs> <coughs> anyway, uh, apparently, <coughs> this printer is a good Christian printer. Uh oh. And this this special edition of the magazine, it's like a swimsuit edition, is a is a gay wedding cake just waiting to happen. Well, what what? It was a diversity edition. So they oh no they talk a little bit about LGBTQ issues, but they also like they feature a woman with a, wearing a hijab. They have a drag thing, a couple drag queens or something like that. It was all about just diversity and sort of you know kids on campus who have different oh. points of view or whatever. <coughs> and and yes, apparently diversity is not a good Christian value. Um, oh God! Apparently, they haven't read the let the red letter parts of the Bible. <laughs> uh, and so no, and so the printer oh, decided to take their stand. I think that the magazine itself is not actually associated with the uh, university. Okay, but I am not sure on that. Uh, it was <clears throat> difficult like to like tell that. from the article that I'm that, that I'm taking this from. But I will say that the uh, university is taking the wrong approach to this, which is to say that the University of South Alabama, uh, this is their statement. Uh, The University of South Alabama is committed to the principles of freedom of expression and exchange of different points of view, they say. Hmm. We respect our students for having the courage of their convictions, they say. Okay. At the same time, we also respect the rights of individuals and private businesses to make decisions that are consistent with their values. It is our hope that healthy and constructive dialogue can emerge from differing perspectives. You fucking liars. You are just bullshit. You need to... Like, the correct stance on this is so easy. Yeah. We know how this is supposed to work. Right. If you're open for business, you're fucking open for business. And you print the goddamn magazine and you don't care what the content is unless it's like inciting violence or whatever. Right. Or 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 dangerous right. pornography. Or illegal. Right. Or whatever. Like like there are reasons why you would deny printing something. 
Or even if printing pornography in your jurisdiction was technically illegal, right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm all for people having access to pornography, but... But you got to comply with the yeah, laws. Do, you, if, if, if it's there, fine. Okay, whatever. Right. Someone will have their, their porn printed someplace else. Right. But like something so innocuous... Yeah, right. It just features stories about gay people. And they're like, no! <laughs> that hurts my religious feelings. No! We won't do it. They, uh, I refuse to be a part of this. What? Appar- appar- apparently, you're not, the, you're uh, not saying it. You are the printer. You are the means yeah. by which this publication goes Nobody out. will even know that you printed it. Nobody cares that you printed it. No. Take the money. Right, exactly. But no, interstate uh. printing... And apparently, uh, when when al.com slide, which is the the news outlet that uh, that reported this, when they when they called to get a to get a statement from the company, they hung up on them. <laughs> uh, well but, done. But they did get the email in which they said, uh, as mag- as as the magazine expresses freedom of lifestyles, we must express our freedom. By declining to print the print uh, on the principle that we are a Christian company that does not adhere to to the content. No, you're not a Christian company. Yeah, you're Christian people who run a company. Now, mind you, they are a Christian company in the sense that, like, they post so their scripture posted on their web page oh, and blah God. blah blah. But no, look, if you're America, a profit, get it together. Business. That's not how business works. Right. Now, if you filed some other crap, you know, you're technically. A religious printer. Yeah. Like legitimately, that's yeah. the business that you're in. If you've got a 501c3 rolling and you're a and fine. you're not for profit and you're fine. The message that you're that you're willing to print, okay, I guess there's something there. Right? But if you're for, fucking for profit, family owned or otherwise yeah. enterprise, sorry guys. Bullshit. We're take calling it. we're calling D- bullshit. Th- take the money. Yeah. You're, it's business. Yeah. <gasps> anyway. Well, Dan. Yeah. Strangely enough, completely un- unplanned. Oh. Right. Uh, my story has to do with religious exemptions as well. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's almost like it's a theme of the show. <laughs> uh, you, are you, do you remember this really nasty um, religious exemption rule that would have let doctors not help LGBTQ people the yeah. Trump administration announced back in, I think, May. Yeah, um, I do. Then the Department of and Health and also, Human Services. They could also not, not help with abortions. So it's good for everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, U.S. District Court Judge William Alsop has made a summary judgment that the denial of care rule uh, cannot stand. It has been struck down. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the rule had been challenged in court by the city and county of San Francisco. Um, also joins now three other judges who have rejected the rule. Yeah. And like you say, it would have allowed discrimination based on a healthcare provider's opinion on abortion. Um, and Alsup, um, this is interesting. He's in, in his finding or his ruling, whatever, um, he said that while he does not accept all the plaintiff's criticisms, um, he he says when a rule is so saturated with error as here, there is no point in trying to sever 
the problematic provisions. Right. The whole rule must go. Wow. Um, he gives the example of uh, a patient uh, in the middle of an emergency being denied service by medics. Yeah. Under the new rule, to preview just one example, an ambulance driver would be free on religious or moral grounds to eject a patient en route to a hospital hospital upon learning that the patient needed an emergency abortion. Yeah. That would have been completely within their rights. Yeah. Um, Lord help you if you get a Jehovah's Witness for a, for a medical professional. You <laughs> fucking can't even have a... <laughs> They could, they could deny you a transfusion. I wonder how many of, their, of those there are, though. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, such harsh treatment would be blessed by the new law, he says. Um, yeah, so this is, this is fascinating. It's three judges in two weeks who have all ruled the same way. Right. Um, the rule would have gone into effect just, uh, I believe, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th- there was no time to spare on getting this struck down. Right. Now, of course, the administration can can appeal and, and keep pushing. And send it to their court. Yeah, to the Supreme Court. Where where they've packed the house as, west, as yeah. best they can. We'll yeah. see. It will we'll, be interesting. It'll be fascinating to see how this court... This one is so nasty. It's so nasty that, and so I mean, wrong. I bet you anything the Supreme Court actually just doesn't It's hard to it know. Up. It's hard to know. You got, I mean, they only need four of them, and they probably have those four votes, but... Um, yeah, assuming we can keep Ginsburg alive. Oh, Jesus Christ, I know. Yeah, anyway, so I thought that was uh, uh, just a, good on the judge. Yeah. But also, um, yeah, funny that that lined up with yours. There you go. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to take us to Florida mm-hmm. now. Okay. Uh, we'll close it out in Florida where the Ugh. Flager County School, Flagler, Flagler. I don't know how you say it. The, anyway, that county school board. <laughs> okay. Uh, they recently had a, a lovely moment at the beginning of a school board meeting where without any announcement or any uh, explanation, a person came out and just uh, started praying. Uh, <laughs> it pastor, was not announced. Pastor Janine Klontz apparently just uh. walked out, told everyone to bow their heads and began praying uh, as they began their school year. So so as to try to make it appear that it was spontaneous prayer. Yeah, like... Like, like this had not been coordinated. Or to make it appear like, this is what we've always done. Don't worry about it. We right. always have this. Everybody bow your heads. It's just how we do it. Uh, apparently, they were just trying to... Uh, the, the, the school board's chair, uh, one Janet McDonald, uh, apparently was just trying to... Uh, to start a new tradition. <laughs> Just get it going. Uh, it would be, of course, a not legal tradition. And this is different. A school board is actually different than like a city council or, or whatever. Apparently, mm. um, this it hasn't been upheld by, by uh, courts that this would be permissible. At a it, school board. At a school board. Why would that? Why would it be different? It's an elected body. I don't know because schools, schooling is different. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Anyway, uh, the the practice suddenly was uh, was it was decided that it needed to be voted on. It couldn't just be kind of slid Hoisted. in. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, however, uh, it was voted down. Oh. And in part because somebody realized, somebody Googled it and realized that Satanists love to kind of bring their shit into there. <laughs> And that's really she, specifically. Yeah, she was like, "I don't go ahead and Google it because y'all, this is a can of worms. These people will come and will demand that they get to say the prayer, and that means we're inviting Satan into our schools." <laughs> so it was voted down. Oh, that's fantastic! I I, I only, oh, only want to bring this is, up because I because it's working, Satanists. Yeah. Oh, you so keep sa doing Satanic it. Temple. We need you now more than ever. You are the you are not the heroes Gotham wants, but you're the heroes <laughs> we need. So, God bless them. Oh, I do love the Satanic Temple oh, and the other Satanists. Like you know, Satanic Temple is the one that they're working extra hard yeah. on these issues. Right, right, right. But any Satanist that can scare the bejesus into out of the Christians and make them give up trying to turn this into a fucking theocracy, right? Good on you, right? You're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's so funny. They'll they'll grit their teeth and sit through some, you know, prayer from a, a Hindu. imam or a Hindu or yeah. whatever, right? Like, um, but. <laughs> Just they will not something tolerate extra Satanist. spooky about a Satanist. <laughs> the word "Hail Satan" ringing through over the microphone is more than they can bear. <laughs> I do love it. So, uh, so there you go. It's working. The uh, that <laughs> I, I mean, it's almost to the one. It's not to this point yet. I think people should definitely give strong, hard, good money to like ACLU, Fufurf, and whatever. But you might want to give some to say to the Satanic Temple too. <laughs> like they're just they're doing good work out there. Truly, truly doing the Dark Lord's work. All right. Well, uh, there's more to come. But if you want to write to us about anything that you've uh, you've heard on the show, please feel free to do so. You can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash TGIatheist, and see what uh, what's going on on there. And while you're on there, uh, search for the, the TGIA members only lounge and request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Yep. Hey, Dan. Hey! Um, Pat Robertson, I think he feels like the end is nigh for him. <laughs> he's, he's, on a, he's on a roll. He has started, he's, 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 listen to him. I don't know if you heard it, but I heard it. His, he's starting to get a little uh, sloppy in his, in his hmm. enunciation. Yeah. No, this man's he's, old. He's got old man lateral lip now. Yeah. A little, little splashy. Yeah, um, he's but, also dressed like Carl Sagan. Oh my God, he, he is dressed clip. in a maroon cable knit sweater, like turtleneck Turtle sweater. Yeah, and with a, a brown sort of plaid tartan plaid blazer <laughs> over top. He looks great. Oh yeah, and sharp. And I'll tell you what else is sharp: that mind of his. Oh, he's got it all figured out. Well, Dan, he's had. You know, this whole transgender issue on his mind. He doesn't know what to think about these trans people. But I think he might have cracked it. They're cut. Listen, listen. 
they're cutting off their ding dongs, and he doesn't know what to do about it. Oh God! And it's making him and it's making him crazy. And I think he's figured out why it's happening. <laughs> Here, all right, let's just hear it. It's almost as if there's a satanic move to keep people from having children. There's a move, of course, to have abortion on demand. So we've killed about 60 million unborn babies in our society. And uh, the consequences of that to the women who've had these abortions is very profound. Now the devil has found a new way to keep people from bearing young in the image of God. And to think that these people will then be permanently neutered. They will not be able to be married, to have successful families. They won't have children to look after them in their old age. I mean, they're throwing away their whole future on this nonsense that comes about in this, this politically correct environment. And to think that we're allowing this to happen, we, I mean, I commend these mothers who are fighting for this. But to think that a doctor has got to go undercover and be anonymous in order to speak out about against this thing because she would lose her position uh, as a medical professional if she spoke out against what is now the political move. We cannot allow this to happen in our country, ladies and gentlemen. It is an attack of the enemy against human beings. God says, be fruitful and multiply and, and subdue the earth and possess it. Be fruitful and multiply. But the devil says, oh, no, you're creating boys and girls, young babies in the image of God, and we won't permit that. So we are just a bunch of suckers buying into a lie, and it just breaks your heart to see it happen. In the image of God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's either got braces or yeah. has passed a certain mile marker. In his Let me tell you age. something. They're throwing away their whole future. Where have I heard that before? You're throwing away your future. I just think it's amazing that like making a decision about about like your gender identity and who you actually are and then conforming to that is throwing away your future. Not having children is what he's referencing there. Yeah. Like the if you don't have children how do you even have a future? How do you even consider yourself a human? Well, Dan. Frank, Dan, me, I don't have children. Oh my God, I've thrown away my future. <laughs> Frank. It's like everyone I know. Where's my future? I don't know. Where are uh, they? I mean, I, I hate to say it because I'm sure a lot of our listeners have kids. Um, your future is bright. Oh my God, I love my future. <laughs> <laughs> you have no idea how happy I am not to have children. Oh, I mean, it's great. Like, I have nothing against parenthood. Right. Except for me. Right. Like, right. I don't want parenthood. For me, I love my life. I just got back from Mexico. Would I have gone if I had had kids? Probably not. Like, right. not on that trip. I right. would go on trips, but it would just be a totally different thing. Well, I mean, then it's family vacation. Yeah. It's not a nice, that enjoyable trip. That doesn't, that you're, sounds... You're, you're, you're taking your kids on a trip with you so that they can have a, a formative experience. Right. And that's, that's how good. you justify it in your mind. Right, right. And you have to justify <laughs> it. you're not going to have a good time. You know, well, or and, and also, you're like, you've got all of these expenditures and whatever, and yeah. so... Like, unless you're wealthy, it's a decision yeah. to take your family on a, on a vacation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even, I went on a vacation 
because it was, oh, look, there's a deal online. Click, right. click, click. I'm just going to spontaneously go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, like, back to this this nasty clip. Oh, my God. And, like, I mean, first of all, like, some need to replenish the earth. The, the earth is replenished. Oh. The earth is full. <laughs> yeah. When, when God said multiply and replenish the earth, there were what? Couple million people, ten million people on Maybe. the whole planet, yeah, somewhere around there. Uh, we done replenished it. <laughs> We're fine. It's plenty. We're fine. We're not in trouble of like running out of people anytime yeah. soon. Uh, there are plenty of kids in the world. We have there are eight, too many kids in the world. We have eight thousand million people on the earth right now. Yeah. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, the human race is fine. Yeah. Stop having so many goddamn kids. Yeah. Oh, my God. Also, I love the idea that uh, that trans people having surgery to make their uh, to to sort of confirm their their gender identity. Right. Is a political move. He called that the political move. (sighs) You know, it's just it's it's just just politics of the day. Right. Frankly, you and I aren't very liberal because we haven't because. we haven't chosen a different gender identity and had had the surgery that then confirms. It. Oh my god! Yeah, it couldn't possibly <clears throat> be that people are yeah that they're you know acknowledging who they are, who right. they've always known themselves to be. Yeah, and now they're just trying to conform their body to that to that feeling. Right. And even if they, like, you don't even have to go through the surgery, right? Like, yeah. some people don't feel the need. They they just yeah. they, switch their pronouns and right. switch their mode of dress. And, yeah. Like, and whose business is that? It, it's. But theirs. It's, <laughs> it's solely theirs. And it's not a political identity whatsoever. Oh, my God. It's so funny. It's so funny. Anyway. We uh we have some folks uh who've written into us, uh who have we called do, us. Yeah. We've got some folks. Yeah, we have it all, Dan. We've got it all, baby. This look, <laughs> we're bringing you the goods here, people. Uh, Lucy wrote into us. Hey, Frank and Dan, love your show so much. Uh, I just wanted to share some personal insight into polygamy, or more specifically, polyamory. L- last week, Frank, you and I talked about uh, marrying uh, the marrying of many people. Right. Uh, or, or like at least the, uh, the having of many people. As a, uh, uh, yeah, as a possible. Right. And the acceptance of it as a possible solution to this whole polygamy thing. Right. Uh, uh, Lucy says, you're, you're totally right about multiple marriages being uh, messy, legally speaking. But I think it's sad that monogamy has been so forced upon our society as if, it, as if it's law rather than personal decision. I truly think that if more people were open to the idea and able to have that conversation with their spouse or partner, less relationships would fail. Hmm. I think a lot of people are lying to themselves by trying to be with one person for their entire life. The stigma is that if you're poly, it's because you're unhappy or bored with your partner. That's so false. A healthy polyamorous relationship just takes honesty, trust, and open communication. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. I I have some friends who they got married 25 years ago. Okay, and have been uh, poly from the beginning. Oh, and they have kids, and uh, yeah, and they're 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 doing great, going strong, happy, nice people. Yeah, um, it doesn't work for everybody. 
No. But like that's I think the whole point is the concept of a single relationship model working for everybody is ridiculous. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, I also, you know, I will take issue with one thing that Lucy said. Oh. Uh, which is that she says, uh, you know, that uh, she talks about a, a relationship failing. And frankly, I don't th see the ending of a relationship as a failure. I think that's another thing we need to get away from in this mm. society is that, you know, if the relationship ends, it has failed. Mm. I think this concept of relation relational permanence is not is something we can let go of. We can just sort of gently send it down the river, because frankly, a relationship can be beautiful mm -hmm. and last ten years or last five years or last whatever, however long it lasts, and then be done. A couple hours, sometimes. Some of the best ones. Beautiful. Let me tell you. That was a great relationship. <laughs> I don't remember her name. I want to say Susie. No, that's not right. But it was great. <laughs> Best 14 hours of both of our lives. I think she lives in Phoenix. I'm not sure. All right. There you go. Yeah. I, I, look, I, I just think the whole concept of, hey, we have figured out how human relating works for right. everybody. Right. Well, it's the, it's the uh, imposition of your ideals right. onto other people where it gets and a your, problem. And the model that you think is good. Yeah. Like, like if, if I, I think it's the, the whole, as long, essentially, as long as you ain't hurting anybody, yeah. right? Like go, go do your thing is just fine. And then she's right. The whole, the legal aspect of it is messy. Yeah. If there's enough support for it to get messy, fine. Great. Get, let's have that discussion. Get messy. If, if it's not an issue, then it's not an issue. If it doesn't, really if it care. doesn't need to be a legal thing, then it doesn't need to be a legal thing. If it needs to be a legal thing, then it, uh, ain't whatever. nobody's business but your own. Right. I mean, the, I do like the idea of making every, uh, at least decriminalizing everything. Absolutely. So that every uh, all adults, yes, can have can practice whatever it is that they're practicing out in the open for yes. everybody. You know, in front yes. of everybody, so that we can make sure it's out in the open. Practice in front of everybody. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, we need. <laughs> Get out there and we, we need it on display. No, no, right? you you poly people, God bless you. You don't need to display quite so much. You you can talk about it a little bit less. Really? Oh, they're like the vegans. They just can't <laughs> you just can't shut them up about if you if you happen to mention anything that's even regarding human beings being in love with each other, they'll just go on and on. <laughs> they're as bad as atheists, frankly. You can't shut them up. <laughs> Uh, well, when you found the thing that makes, that has made you happy, yeah, that's made you feel whole and complete, right? right? Especially when it bucks societal trends. Yeah. Like you gotta, you're gonna, you kind of want to shout it from the rooftops. You preach it a little. I get it. Right. I get it. Just calm down. Everybody just calm down a little bit. Oh my God. Says the guy who started a podcast about atheism. I get it. Right. Yeah. That's very convenient, Dan, <laughs> that you're in a position to say that. All right, should we listen to a voicemail? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so essentially my whole setup for this voicemail, it's just this. Uh, stay tuned, everybody, for the TGIA Story Poetry Hour. Hour. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Frank and Dan, this is Anna from Provo, Utah, and 
I wrote a poem that I thought you guys might enjoy. It's called The Lord's Work. Come now, elder, let's serve the Lord. What better way than going door to door? Who seek out the souls that the Lord has prepared, the poor and the lonely, the sick and the scared. The spirit, dear elder, it's guiding us there. This contact is perfect, widowed, gray-haired. Ma'am, we're God's messengers with great news to tell. Unless you are baptized, you're going to hell. Here is where Moroni's promise is found. No, ma'am, it's foolproof. That logic's not round. Join us this Sunday for a three-hour meeting. Our members will meet you with fake happy greetings. You'll learn about God, who's never that far. He lives right on Kolob. It's a magical star. Why, your husband will one day get one of his own. And you'll live among sister wives, never alone. The temple is waiting if you do what it takes. You will get to play dress-up with secret handshakes. It's all very easy. It's really quite funny. Just give all of your time and a tenth of your money. I'm not interested, ma'am, why begging your pardon. Your soul is too weak and your heart has been hardened. Despite your rejection, we won't claim defeat, for here at your door we shake a dust from our feet. Come now, elder, it's time to move on. There's not much to do with a soul this far gone. Chin up, my dear elder, we can still meet our goals, for the world is still littered with gullible souls. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, Anna, well done cute that's cute we like it uh for those of you who may not have been all the way on board you probably our listeners probably understand that this is about mormon missionaries oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. elders oh yeah it's... the word elder refers to a 19 year old yeah who's out there in the world <laughs> trying to teach us all about how the world works thanks elder you're yeah. so elderly so wise <laughs> share your wisdom with me with me teenage um, boy I, I honestly feel like this would be perfect for um, like a story hour type mm. reading, right? Like I, I sort of illustrated. Yes. This would be lovely as an illustrated book. Yes. It'd be very I, fun. Very fun. Uh, <laughs> that's very cute. Um, do we have some folks to thank? We do, Dan. Hurrah! We do. Um, as we said at the beginning I of the show. I always get so nervous if I ask that question. What if you well, say clearly no? we hit a goal, Dan. Oh, we did. We already um, talked about that. And so we have three new faithful listeners. Okay. Rick, Lucy, and Renee. Hooray for you three. Thank you so much. Uh, to the, Yeah, to the three of you. And then we have um, a duo that's coming in as a, a set of venerable oh. uh, listeners. Oh, okay. Um, it's uh, Dave and Shay. They're on the same account. So Dave, oh, okay. Dave and Shay. Dave and Shay. Um, and so thanks to the two of you um, for supporting us at, at, at the venerable level. Um, and then, of course, as always, we have our Lord and Savior, our top donor, David. Yay, David. You guys are... Davis. 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 Okay. I, yeah. I didn't let you finish the final yeah, consonant You, you sound. just jumped right in there. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Um, and... We hit our goal, so even better. Yeah, we, um, so so that's that's our three quarter goal. We're almost there. Uh, yeah, it's the final stretch, kids. We need at this point, as we are recording, we need twenty four people to uh, come forward. That's twenty four net, mind you. Yeah, people drop out. Yeah, people. Yeah. So, so you know, we we gotta account for all of the droppings out, and then the. <laughs> 
but, yeah. But we're almost there. But but they, they don't know who each other are. We just need 24. We just sure. need 24 more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying we probably need Indeed. More, than, more than 24. Indeed. All right. We'll get there. Well, um, and if you'd like to join them, once again, super quick, thankgodimatheist.com. Click on the support tab. Yeah. Dan. Yeah. Um, nudity. We promise titties. <laughs> and titties you'll have. We shall deliver. <laughs> this is an audio format. Damn it. All oh, right. No. So, so just imagine. So everyone. yes, everyone close your eyes okay. and just picture some boobs. So this is how I remember the story going down. Okay. When I read this article a few weeks ago. Okay. Um, the a woman and her husband right mm. came in from doing some work in the yard or something along those sorts and they were sort of hot and sweaty and needed out of their dirty clothes and sort of in sort of a non-closed off part of the house mm. maybe a, a mud room or something along those lines um she's disrobing yeah right? they're both disrobing yeah but she ends up being topless both of them are both of them are topless right um uh, and she doesn't have her bra on anymore. Right. And his kids, right. her stepkids, come into the space. Ages 9, in, 10, and 13. And she decides that she's not going to make a big deal about her nudity. Yeah, she's not going to like rush and cover herself. Right, up. because she has nothing to be ashamed of. It's and a family setting. And she uses it as a teachable moment. Right. She just says, look, th this is no big deal. Bodies are just bodies. Mm -hmm. We're all family here. Right. Uh, there's, you know, and it, it and, and so she, yeah, does that. She, she doesn't like dance around or anything. Right. 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 Nothing or, you know, nothing sexual happens or anything crazy like right. that. And then they all go on with their business. But then the kids, uh, like little snitches that they are, go and tell their mom about it. Right. And she gets very uncomfortable. Right. And probably doesn't like these two either. Right. She's probably, she probably has like. some feelings about the stepmom and whatever <laughs> and sees a way to get her in trouble. I yeah. don't know. Who knows what the deal is on that? I'm not going to, we shouldn't question her motives. All we should say I think is the motives are plain and obvious. All we should say is, Shut up! Yeah. So no. now she. So now this. This is the things playing itself out in court. Right. Because they're fucking. Because this she got woman are charged with lewdness. Lewdness. Count, several counts of lewdness. Uh, for for her, yeah for her kids. Her, you know her stepkids walking in on her. Now of yeah. course, the dad mm -hmm. who was also topless in the room and mm -hmm. also didn't dive behind a sofa when the children came in right he's of course not charged with anything because male nipples right aren't lewd aren't lewd but girl nipples are, lewd. are attached to bosoms ah and those i mean i've seen some men with they're some, men with bosoms with titties let's <laughs> let's be real about it but there's a difference right 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 no one can really tell you what it is but there's a difference. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So lewdness involving a child, which is a class A misdemeanor, oh, and God. could potentially, were she convicted, put her on probably on a sex offenders list. 
Oh, God. Like, like that kind of shit can happen. Now, here's the thing. Recently, there was a, uh, a, a case that went through from Fort something in Colorado, yeah. Fort somewhere in Colorado, that, was, that went to the circuit court, the, the federal court, Mm-hmm. About a woman in public whose whose breasts were were bared in public, right? And that court basically just said, "It's okay, right? It's fine for a woman to show her breasts in public." Uh, and the the city decided not to pursue it beyond that, uh, mm-hmm. meaning that everywhere in the that court's jurisdiction, which we are in, which we are in, yeah, makes it legal for women to bear their breasts in public. Now, this right. didn't happen in public, so it's possible that it could still not be considered uh, legal because it was in private, <laughs> which it that's insanity. A, a level of absurdity to the whole thing. Right. It's but I think, Extra special. But um, even the, the thing that I heard, though, about this particular, you know, ruling uh-huh. that, quote unquote, made it legal within our, you know, district right um is that they basically also said legal legal experts said don't go running out and testing this quite yet yeah like it's not completely 100 percent solid that uh women can walk around in public with you know topless with with, without consequences right and and i mean don't go testing it if you don't want to end up in court well exactly because you might and i mean some right. some activists may want to end up in court with it and that's right. great go yeah, ahead yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. get yeah. them titties Go out. for it but uh <laughs> but yeah i mean this is one of those moments where it's just so, i mean what but what our discussion is about uh-huh on a larger sense is how crazy it is to say that there's anything lewd about the about human body nude. in general. Yeah. Like the concept of it being lewd, like it's just this puritanical streak that has been part of the United States since white folk got to this continent. Right. And it's madness. It's just insane to say that there's anything lewd about the human body. Ah, uh, it's pretty lewd. I mean, a lot of them are a little bit gross. Yeah. But, you know, just keep your hygiene up. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> that's not that's not body shaming. That's just you got to keep, you, you know. Just, just take a bath. If you got the, you know, if you got the fungus on your toenails, you don't wear the sandals. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> oh, you're fungus shaming. I'm fungus shaming for Dan. sure. Oh well, I'm, it's not a shame that you have the fungus. It's not your fault. But, you know, don't make me look at those yellow toenails. I don't need to see that. <laughs> all I'm saying is... Dan, you're the worst. I am the worst. Um, but the madness that it takes, the 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 mental cartwheels that you have to go through to say that this body that we all have, uh-huh. like, it's okay on the wall of an art gallery. Not very okay, but it's okay for a kid to see a nude right. painting. Right. But if it's a real person... Who's not doing anything sexual? Right. Holy shit! What are you doing? Right. That's immoral. Where does that even come from? I don't know. It is kind. Of, it's just kind of nutty. It, I, I mean, it goes back a ways because I don't know if you've read that first book in the Bible, 
but the whole thing is about like apparently the first two people found out that they were naked and realized that that was a sin just to be naked it wasn't a sin until they ate the fruit right they were there the whole time doing it and god was totally fine with them being naked well, and the word shame actually enters the discussion right isn't yeah. doesn't it talk about they they were ashamed yeah they were ashamed not someone told them to be ashamed right they ate the gar the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil yeah and apparently showing your body right walking around with it naked was fell into the evil category right the fuck are you talking about wasn't that an interesting thing though that before anyway i don't want to get into it I actually Look, don't want to get into any of that because it's so dumb. Um, <laughs> I'm no nudist. It's right. not like I'm, I, you know, it's not like I'm looking for opportunities to be naked in front of people. But I don't care if you are. Mm. Like, the, you know, there are all these nudist colonies and nudist camps. And we, you know, you and I have both been to Burning Man where there's a lot of naked people walking Jesus around. Jesus Christ, no kidding. <laughs> and it's like, what's funny is, you know, when you haven't experienced it, I remember thinking about it before I went to Burning Man and just thinking like, will I just be turned on by all of these naked women walking around or whatever? No, you don't fucking even, you, you, you're shocked the first two or three times you see it. Right. Because it's new. Right. And then it's just this thing that's happening around you. Yeah. You don't even notice it. Yeah. Um. My, uh, yeah, you you do get very used to it and then you run into somebody, you know, and yeah, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, and then well, it's like, oh, 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 I guess that's what I'm you not... look like naked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've been mostly naked on stages in front of people. I've never yeah. been fully naked, but there have been moments, you know, I auditioned for a part that would have had me fully naked. Oh, really? Didn't get that role. I really kind of wanted it, not because I wanted to be naked, but because I liked how it was written. It was a really well-written role. Oh, it was a okay. lot of fun. Yeah. But like, that's still legal. Yeah. It's, it's legal to be naked on stage and it's legal to, you know, have kids go to that show. Yeah. So... Context but, matters. Apparently so. <laughs> wow. It is crazy how much context, like in the privacy of your own home behind closed doors, but children. Yeah. Bad. It's just, I, I, bad. I feel like we need to be confronting people about where they think that line is drawn and why they think it's drawn yeah. at all. Why there is a line at all. Because... People harass breastfeeding mothers. That's obscene. It is obscene. It's truly obscene. The whole thought that like... Like, uh, why is she doing that? <laughs> right? It's obscene that she's out there breastfeeding her child. No, it's like, come on. This is... It's it's such a basic act. Yeah. A basic It is the most thing. fundamental thing a human can do. W most likely you did it as a child. Yeah. Right. Fed your, that is a, a mammal feeding its young. Yeah. That is how we work. It is the most basic thing mm -hmm. we have. Yeah. And yet cover it up. We should start to ask people to cover up their eating. <laughs> Ma'am, you are eating in public. Could you just cover that up, please? I'll just, <sighs> I'm just going to hang this napkin over your face. Seriously, though. I've I would like you to eat under it. When you see some people eat, though. I know. Some people are gross eaters. Actually, I, yeah, I need just need ear 
earplugs sometimes. <laughs> Stop it! I said I was sorry, Frank. Jeez. Eat quiet. Slurp, slurp quietly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's just bizarre. Like, how, how distant we need to be from the most fundamental things that are just the human. realities yeah. of human life. It's insane. Our, yeah. Well, well, there you go. I don't know if you guys have a a broader or differing perspective on this. If you know, some of our listeners may disagree with us on this point, and I'm open to that. I would love to hear from you. Please, shame. please shame us about shame. it. <laughs> Write into us podcast at thankgodimatheist.com is the email address, or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is four two four six 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 eight four four two. Yep. Hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com/tgiatheist, and click that like button. And while you're there, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. We'll let you in. Yep. Uh, and, and speaking of Facebook, thanks so much to Mackenzie for uh, all of her work on the Facebook page. Thanks to Amy and Danny for moderating the Members Only Lounge. And a big thanks goes out to Gordon Johnston and to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music. And thank you all of you, listeners, friends. Supporters for tuning in. Oh, especially our patrons. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Love ya. Bye bye.